1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick.
2: On this episode of the Heat Check, we've got a special interview with friend of show, Dave Defour from The Athletic. He is here to explain some very important details. Number one, why he doesn't care if he's right or wrong on Twitter. Uh, why he prefers the Western Conference over the Eastern Conference. What's the best region around the world to help fuel the future of the NBA and everything in between? This is an awesome, wide ranging interview. So let's get right into it, Nick. Do me a favor and drop that generic ass beat. Where do you want to start in the NBA landscape? I don't know. There's so much.
3: There there really is a lot. It's funny. I was talking to my neighbor last night, and he was like, oh, I know you've been busy. Because there's so much stuff happening in the NBA. I mean, like the Bucks are the best team in the league right now, which they're also getting as healthy as they've been all season. So maybe they've been the best team all along. I don't know.
2: That's what uh, I wondered too. And people asked me when Middleton was down and when Drew had been injured and Giannis' hyperextension of his knee came back. And yeah. I said to people multiple times, I said, hey, everybody's crowning Boston, but just remember this thing went seven without Chris Middleton. With mm-hmm. Chris Middleton, it did look at one point in time like they were the best team in the league, and now they're starting to find their mojo. I find the Bucks to be not nearly as interesting, though, as the drama to me. To like, like for example, the Mavericks. Okay. The Mavericks to me are a fascinating team. You like
3: the dysfunction?
2: Yeah, because I feel like things that function well really aren't that interesting.
3: Okay, I mean, there's two sides to it but uh, you know my basketball brain loves when things go well i love to tell you why it's working
0: rather okay. than why
3: it's not working because too often in the nba and this is you know this comes down to a personal preference thing like i prefer to care about what happens on the court and not necessarily what's happening between a guy's ears right off the court that's affecting him on the court i don't want to think about that stuff so like when teams are playing well i don't have to think about oh well you know it was probably up late watching Conspiracy theory videos on YouTube, you know, like you do. Uh the Bucks, nah, man, they watch pro wrestling and and they go out and kick ass playing basketball. So I, I tend to lean there. But the Mavericks are a team that I unfortunately watch too much of and have watched too much of. And yeah, their dysfunction is very it starts at the top. You know, you've got a coach that's like, hey, I'm just a I'm just a bystander.
0: You know, yeah. don't
3: don't mind me. I'm just watching the games like you guys are. I just got a great seat. Um, yeah.
2: Why do you think basketball wise? Because I I don't really care. Like you said, you don't care about the psychology of it. You're a coach. Well, they're
3: missing good players. That's 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 the problem, right? Like they don't have good enough players. Uh, getting Maxi back is going to be good if if as long as he can stay healthy, that'll help their defense. But you know, they Christian Wood is a big problem. Like he kind of is not very good and gets you know i think jason kidd has been proven right about christian wood you know i think last night played 18 minutes was minus 16 just ineffective completely ineffective uh so empty stats don't help you out very much and then the Kyrie, the Kyrie luka thing i'm less worried about because this is more normal two guards trying to figure each other out there's no that's not dysfunctional the dysfunction is you don't have a coach that's putting them into like cohesive sets or running plays to get them to work together, like in two man game. And then they're getting to end of games. And, you know, they're one and four now since the trade and they're getting to end of games. And it's like, no, go ahead. Your turn, which is great. Like you love the selflessness, but Luka Doncic had 39 points and was cooking in the third quarter of that game. He had 36 in the first three quarters, only three in the fourth. And it's like, wait a second. I understand that Kyrie has been dubbed the king of the fourth quarter because he's leading the league and scoring in the fourth, but that's Luka Doncic. And he's on a heater, as he tends to be. So uh, I'd rather Luka take the last shot. So I need Luka to be a little bit more selfish uh, selfish out there late in games. And I think, like, that's, again, it's a coaching issue. They they They've got a coaching problem.
2: Do you think Jason Kidd... Could- is even close to on the hot seat, one. And number two, why is he just being the watcher?
3: Shit. I mean, it, that's tricky, right? Because he's buddies with the owner. So I don't know. I, I Who knows? Um, I, I think that they're at the point, though, where they need to start thinking about the Luca part of this a little bit harder than anything else. They put all their chips in the table between the Christian Wood and Kyrie trade, right? Like, they got these guys... They don't really have a lot of assets. You give up. He's not their best defender. Dorian Finney-Smith has not been the best defender on that team this year. That's been Josh Green. But Dorian Finney-Smith was probably their most important defender because of his ability to slide between positions so, so seamlessly. And he just knows the defense. And he's really turned himself into a knockdown shooter. But you gave up that guy. And what you have left is not as good around Luka. Like, it's not maximizing what Luka does. Now, if Kyrie hits, like, that's great. That's higher than just maximizing Luka. You've got two individual stars that can create off the dribble and that can both shoot in the mid-range and both shoot threes, three-level scores, and that's great come playoff time. But the key to their defensive run last year was Dorian Finney-Smith. The key to getting to the conference finals was that defense, and Dorian Finney-Smith was sort of the linchpin of the whole thing. And so you've just punted on that identity, you know, two thirds of the way through the season and you're expecting your coach that is not proven to be like an X's and O's wonk to figure this out on the fly. And then now you've got two years left to Luka Doncic and probably going to lose Kyrie this summer. And Christian Wood, you didn't make a decision on so you're going to have to make a decision on him in the summer. And uh, it just looks like the beginning of the end to me. Like I I texted my, my buddies that uh, I do the Mavericks pod with, and I was just like, this is it mark this date. This is when, when the, the downfall started. I think we're, we're going to watch this guy just basically start putting his foot out the door because it's not working. So either they got to get a new coach, someone that obviously Luca respects, which I've not heard that he doesn't respect Jason Kidd, but they need somebody that knows how to coach. Cause Jason kid is really not coaching the team very well.
2: Yeah. And you're right. Like it feels if you're not, all in on Christian Wood, which, which they're not. And no, they shouldn't be. They and shouldn't they don't, be. They don't like him like personally. They don't like his agent. Lucas seems to be the only one that loves Christian Wood, but Christian Wood's not impacting winning. So you gave up pieces for him. You give up pieces for Kyrie to rent him for 25 games. And now once they both are gone this offseason, what do you really have without Dorian Finney-Smith? You have a bunch of empty cupboards. You've got Reggie Bullock. You've got Josh Green, and that's and Maxi Kleba. Mm-hmm. and a very overpaid Tim Hardaway Jr., who I'm sure you were hoping to move at the deadline, and we're able to. So if you're a Luca, and I think every smart, every smart individual person in their career can look around at their surroundings and say, "Is this best for me, long term? Even if I know I'm here for another two years, I'm looking at some of these other organizations and saying." I think this is a better place, a better culture, a better fit to maximize my legacy. Um, I am curious. He's really,
3: really tight with Nikola Jokic. Yep. You know, I, I started thinking D- Jamal Murray, Michael Porter jr. And some picks. Like, does that get the conversation started? Um, that would be I, I'm amazing. not, look, and I'm not saying that this guy's asking out. I, I don't know if he'll, that he'll, he would even do that. Maybe he just finishes the contract goes to free agency, but just they're not doing a good job of putting a good team around him they i think that they were on the right path injury luck has really hurt them i mean maxi being out for as long as he was obviously did him no favors but they didn't they would have been better off standing pat over the summer than doing what they did and and, you know the porzingis thing not working out i'm not blaming anybody for that because porzingis is a pretty good player just didn't work with him and luca and sometimes you don't you you can think of fit as natural until you actually get it on the court and you realize well Porzingis is not that guy
2: Ooh, let me ask you about this then because I wasn't planning on asking you but it, it just popped in my head when you said sometimes you think it's gonna fit and it doesn't fit does it ever fit with Rudy Gobert Carl Anthony Towns and Ant Edwards
3: hell no they got to trade Carl Anthony Towns they should have traded Carl Anthony Towns when they made the Gobert trade they could have gotten a haul over the summer. I don't know. Is there a single player whose value has dropped more that without getting old or suffering an injury, a big injury in the last three years, remember all the lists that used to come out where Carl Anthony Towns is the best young, big in the league, best young prospect in the league. Now I never bought any, any of that at all, because to me, the, like his position, you have to be able to defend to have value. I mean, he's John Collins ish. But John Collins actually protects the rim. Like, there's a strong argument that you'd rather have John Collins on your team than Carl Anthony Towns, which is sad to say compared to where we were three years ago. And, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, great shooter, can shoot off the dribble, which for a big is super valuable. But, man, he does not fit. He he can't be the second-best player there.
2: So because he's so not me,
3: the second best player there. Well, let me he's ask you earned. this
2: then: Does this actually mean that we've been wrong about Tim Connolly this whole time? Because if he doesn't see that on the front end, what was that really?
3: I don't know if we're. If it, it might be too early to say we're wrong about him. I mean, he did a really good job in Denver. That's that's the track record that he's got, right? So yes. we can't judge people. People are really quick. To jump on that Gobert trade, they're like, "Oh, you overspent." By the way, Gobert looked great against the Clippers, right? Like now they don't they, they like to play small too often, but something has clicked with him, and I, it could be health. I mean, he really looked strong in that game, so that might be a big a big swing for them. And he's been better since Carl Anthony Towns has been out anyway. But trying to judge the Gobert trade today is impossible.
2: It's um, impossible. It's impossible. It's
3: impossible. It's impossible. impossible.
2: In I mean, look, it's possible
3: you can do it, but we don't know wh- like no one should have expected this team to be a championship contender this year, go bear trade or not, but top four is still in reach for them. That was my, I, I thought that they would rack up a lot of regular season wins because I actually thought that Carl Anthony towns would come back this season being really good shape would be able to, t- you know, it's a lesser offensive role. Maybe he would play a little bit more defense, and it it, obviously he's been hurt for a lot of the season well he has been out for a lot of the season so you know mysteriously so i i just think that we don't really know what it's going to look like it sucks that they lost jared vanderbilt in the gobert trade because that's a guy that they. i mean look they they gave up a lot they
2: gave up a lot you can't but gobert
3: in and of himself is a top five defense right under normal circumstances and I think yeah. that, that we're seeing that regression back to the mean. Like, we're seeing a team that, you know, has a, a dominant defensive center. And then what Anthony Edwards is doing defensively, um, this is some, you know, this is like top five, top seven player sort of. Wow. Le- I mean, he's like, he, he's on the MVP track to me. And the defense is a big part of that. And we know what he does offensively. But the the way he has stepped up defensively this season, that's like next level that's the leap that he's taken
2: who does he remind you of
3: i mean michael jordan
2: really Uh, i mean straight up
3: yeah of course
2: really it to me it feels crazy when i say that out loud but like that's the only he's obviously not him but that's the only cop in terms of the way that he plays right
3: Mm -hmm. well he's got like a physical dominance um and it's different than than obviously different players Different style of play. And he and the three ball for him, I mean, the guy is probably going to wind up breaking Steph Curry's record, wherever, you know, or the previous record. He'll he'll yeah. pass Ray Allen at some point, right? He may not pass Steph because Steph could do this for another decade. But the three ball being so powerful for him opens up a lot. He gets to the basket and he can just decide to get to the basket because he's got the body for it. You know, it's funny that the Carl Anthony Towns brings up. You know, he's eating hot fries or whatever it was that he, that, uh, what was it? Popeyes, KFC? Yeah, Popeyes. Popeyes, Popeyes. Which you know, is such a racially,
2: like, such a so racially charged fast food chain to choose to. Well, listen, it. Popeyes
3: is delicious. It's amazing. It's not church's chicken, but it's pretty good. So, oh, look. Wow. Also, calories are calories. And, and like the quality of calorie, I, I'm not worried about a professional athlete. Like that guy puts out enough work that that doesn't matter. So maybe should he eat more salads? Sure. We all should, but he should keep eating the Popeye's because he's pretty good, but he's in, a, in like, he is incredibly strong, especially for his age. And this has always been a thing for me. Like as a scout, I love strength on the wing. Like I loved Kawhi Leonard coming out uh, of college because he was already so strong. He was also a decent shooter already, but he was so strong that he it puts him ahead of the game and it, and it applies defensively, but also offensively. We know now Kawhi is so good at using that off arm to create space. Well, Anthony Edwards has been able to do that basically since he got into the league, dropping his shoulder. I mean, he's he's not quite built like a wide receiver, but he's not far off. You know, mm-hmm. He's got good shoulders, got a good back, and he uses his body in a way that it reminds me of Michael Jordan. And, and then he's so under control and just determined. Like That's the thing is that it's kind of that mindset, which is funny to say, but when you watch him play, it's like, God, he's got a little bit of Jordan in him.
2: Yeah, he, he he really does. It's a, it's fun to watch him. And there isn't any comparable player in today's era that you can really say because he's just so big, you right. know. And I don't know. I, I said this maybe a month into the season, exactly what you're saying, which is the only way that this pairing can work with Rudy Gobert and Ant Edwards is Carl Anthony Towns just can't be on the floor. He just can't. The, the space that Aunt Edwards needs is just – there's just not enough space on the floor for them all to have – taking up space without that creating a clog in the lane, which essentially neutralizes a lot of the things that Aunt Edwards wants to do. Right. And limits yeah, him and, to a perimeter score.
3: Carl Anthony towns is, is too good of a player for you to just say, okay, you're going to go be Chris Bosh in Miami, late stage, Kevin love. Right. Yeah. Now, by the way, Kevin love and Chris Bosh both better than Carl Anthony towns when they made that switch better than he is right now today. wow. Oh yeah. Come on. No. I, I'm look, he's not a winner. I, I I'm sorry. Like you can put up numbers all day long. It doesn't matter if you don't win basketball.
2: If you put Carl Anthony towns on the warriors.
3: Where he's the fourth best player. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what
2: is, what is that? He probably, warriors he
3: probably is frustrating. He probably winds up being a lot like Dylan Brooks Wait, for them. Yeah. Where it's like, this guy's taking up possessions and just doing weird or dumb stuff. I mean, he's not, he's not proven to be a guy that like makes other players better. Yeah, it, you know it's a little bit like it's like Anthony Davis if you took away the all NBA defensive player of the year level defense right so it's like very much like offensive style Anthony Davis where it's like he'll put up numbers but man I don't feel his offensive impact all that often yeah and, and with Carl Anthony Towns it's kind of the same way but no defensive impact whatsoever so no disrespect for Anthony Davis uh mentioning him in the same breath as Carl Anthony Towns here but Just the lack of defense really just kills him. If he defended, if he defended his position at an average level and was able to just blend into the offense and what they do, be the release valve. I mean, he could be a guy who attacks off the dribble theoretically. He just doesn't. So, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think that that world exists.
2: I want to ask you about, we talked about Tim Connolly and what he, the job he did for the Nuggets, but I, I feel like I saw on your Twitter that you don't like watching them, based on you saying a casual fan would like watching the Denver- No,
3: no, no, Nuggets. no, 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 no. Think, I love watching the Nuggets. You
2: love watching them.
3: Well, it's good team basketball, right? Yeah. And casual, look, casual fans, What is a guy that you run into at the bar when he finds out what you do for a living? Oh, man, you know, love watching the Warriors. The Warriors were must-see TV because the ball was flipping and flying all over the place. It's not like watching pick and rolls is boring. Yeah. Pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll and then going to the free throw line. It's boring. I want to watch offense. I want to watch stuff happen. And and low-key, this is one of the reasons why the NFL, I think, is so much more popular. Number one, you have a, a more educated fan base. Part, part of that is because just style of the game. You get more time to explain. It's also linear. So you're going in one direction. Yep. I can tell you exactly what everyone's doing. Whereas in basketball, you've got actions that come away from the basket. You know, you've got – there's just – it's it's a little bit more of a confusing game. It's a faster-paced game. There's more possessions. But what, we love a good pass in basketball more than we love a good dunk. Just, just yeah. straight up, we love a good dunk, but a good pass, and this is why Jokic is the perfect guy to put in front of the, the masses because the guy throws some ridiculous pass that they have to go to replay to show you three times a game. And that sort of style of play where you have backdoor cutting, Aaron Gordon catching lobs, Michael Porter Jr. just can sometimes catch fire, and Jamal Murray takes some of the toughest shots that you've seen in the league, and then Jokic just kind of controls everything. That is, to me, a casual basketball fan which is what I am yeah I'm I want to just turn on a, a sport and watch it and enjoy it I mean I do this for money right like I do this for yep. a living but like when I watch football I'm not sitting there I don't have the stat sheet out I don't get paid to talk about football so I'm just watching the game I want to enjoy it and so you know it's just like that women's college basketball is my favorite the women's NCAA division one is my favorite domestic basketball because I turn it on they play good Offensive systems, constantly. There's a lot of variation, right? It's college basketball. And I don't have to care about it. I just watch it, enjoy the hoops. It's great. And I think that the Nuggets, if you highlighted them, the Warriors, you know, which we already have the, the track record for. And of course, Steph Curry helps with that. But I think team-based basketball is what casual fans are attracted to. And if you wanted to get more more eyeballs on your league, show them teams that play basketball instead of just, you know, the sort of, Heliocentric marketing machines that we've got.
2: Uh, is there any of way is there any way to incentivize? We'll get back to the nuggets in a second, but I, I do want to ask this because I feel like you're you're someone who thinks about the future of the league in terms of where it's headed, where it should go from like a – not just a pure marketing machine standpoint, but just yeah, the I don't care about the their game. money. Yeah, yeah. How do you incentivize teams to play more like the Nuggets do? Is that what what is that well
3: rule changes would help number number one so defenses don't have a chance right now the the pick and roll is powerful because defense doesn't have a chance um whether you switch it doesn't matter illegal screens are never called uh traveling is rarely called and i don't want to sit here and sound like rick berry i don't mind if they don't call a travel if the move is cool yeah what do i care like i'm i'm watching i want it to be fun but you're talking about basketball. I mean, the defense has no chance to defend, period. So I think that you could create an environment where you don't even have to incentivize team play because the natural inclination of basketball, it's a communist sport. in the sugar, like the ball has energy. Like we know all this stuff, like for a reason, team basketball is the key to the sport. And so if you can take away the individual a little bit by actually allowing these guys to play defense – call the illegal screens, you know, take away some of these offensive fouls they get away with going to the basket, allow teams to guard. Well, then you're going to see, they're going to have to make passes to create those little, you know, advantages on the margins. That's what the warriors do. It's like death by a thousand back cuts. It's back cut, pass, rotate screen pat, you know, and, and we love Steph Curry. We love watching him because of all the, the mastery off the ball. That's basketball. That's how it has been played since it's really been organized. Where you had dribbling and and passing and and jump shooting, right? Like, I would rather see that. I mean, I love watching the Warriors because I'm a, I'm a triangle guy as a coach, so I I love the triangle concepts that they brought in. They flipped it, made it modernized, took everything outside of the three point line, but then they get layup lines at the basket, and then you watch a team like Boston that has struggled to get to the rim. They don't go to the free throw line because they don't really run anything. This is, you know, historically Uh, they were a harder watch, but the teams like the warriors teams, like the nuggets, it's just a joy. I I don't want to watch pick and roll all day. It's boring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You think the nuggets are for real?
3: You know, I think they are um, as, as real as anybody is. I I think is anyone
2: real this year to you, Milwaukee. Yeah.
3: Boston is, you know, on the cusp of real. I I think that they're real. They went to the finals there's just some stuff there that i don't quite trust like they don't seem to trust their own offense late in games and that gives me some pause on on boston because it's the same thing that they did last year but i think boston and milwaukee are about as real as you can get in the east and denver is probably the only team that's serious right now out west like steven adams coming back for memphis will be huge steph curry is going to be back for the warriors and so that changes everything for the warriors to me um But I think Denver, they should be the favorites to come out of the West. Like, they have what you need. Their late-game defense, you know, for all the knocks against their defense, their late-game defense, they do have another level, and they turn it up a notch. Aaron Gordon's been great. But also Jokic, Jokic late in games, he has had a lot of clutch defensive moments, whether he's, you know, flashing out and and rushing the ball or making plays at the basket. Like, he's just – you can see he's almost conserving effort on the offensive end to, to be able to turn it up late on, on defense. So there's a, there's been a change there. And I think that internally they probably feel like we need to make the finals this year. Jokic for sure feels that way because he's going to win his third MVP. And, you know, he can, he can say all he wants that it doesn't matter, you know, like he doesn't hear the noise. That stuff is going to start eating at him because he's a competitor. And the guy is a killer. So I, I think that they should be the favorites to come out of the West. It's easy to say because they're the one seed. Yeah, I seem very smart right now, but they should be the favorites.
2: But I, I still you, haven't
3: sold my Warrior stock.
2: I just was about to say that, so I haven't sold my stock as well on the Warriors, just because I feel like as soon as I sell it, that's when they turn it on, right? Yeah. Uh, there are people who are obviously out on the on the Warriors on our dubs uh, because of depth, <laughs> because of you know lack of experience outside of the core. Um, Some of the guys that they lost last year and Gary Payton, not being healthy and who knows when he will be to you. And obviously Steph Curry getting injured twice doesn't help. And they're just kind of mathematically in a bad spot. Right. How high is the warriors are the Warriors ceiling right now to you? Is it still a finals team?
3: Yeah. I mean, they won the title last year and they still have Steph Curry. And as long as Steph is healthy, then I give him a shot at winning the finals, not just making it, but winning it. Draymond has been awesome. Draymond's been great. Clay Thompson has looked better than he looked in 2019, like significantly better,
2: not better on the defensive end though.
3: Well, no, no, no. Hold on. Now his defense had declined in 2019. I actually think he looks better on defense than 2019 specifically that one year because his defense had declined. I don't know. If maybe he was dealing with a, a, an injury that season that wound up compounding and becoming, you know, the hamstring, which became the knee, I'm not sure. But his defense looks better. And part of that is he's playing up a little bit more. So he's guarding bigger guys, which is what he should be doing anyway. Like Steve Kerr said a, a few weeks back, I think about Clay as a four sometimes. That's his future. Right? I mean, I think, you know, when you're six seven and he, he's got a good-sized body, he can guard fours no problem. Now, you don't want to do that, you know, for 82 games. But by the time you get to the playoffs, expect to see him guarding a lot more force. But he's come around. Jordan Poole is, you know, you, never know. you but never know. when you get Steph, you don't count on Jordan Poole. The thing is, what they figured out is Dante DiVincenzo, that's a playoff player for them. If Wiggins is going to come back and be healthy, we know what he is. And Jonathan Kuminga is legitimately a force for them he is an up, like he is an up and down the court athlete that they have been missing. And so you add him to the mix and all of a sudden, I mean, they've got pieces now this relies on them actually playing Kavon Looney for every important minute of the game. And I'm still not convinced that Kerr is going to do this, but if they play Kavon Looney for every important minute, they should win the title. Wow. Period.
2: Wow. Kevon Looney
3: is, I mean, that guy is legitimately good and he stays underrated somehow. Um, but he is so important to what they do on the glass. That's the number one, his number one job is just go out, get as many rebounds as you can and let us score. And I mean, he's really, really good at it. They rebound as a team better when he's on the court. The whole team does. So I think Kavon Looney, but yeah, obviously if Steph is 100%, the Warriors, they should make the finals.
2: Wow. Wow. The other team in the West that we haven't really touched on yet. And I feel like they really tried their very hardest kind of like the nuggets did at the trade deadline, just to really improve some of the holes that they had. They didn't always succeed at that. Right. I don't necessarily think they got the point guard that they were hoping that they might be able to get in bones Highland and Eric Gordon. And then Russell Westbrook in the buyout market kind of feels a little strange, but explain to me a basketball scenario because tyloo i think is one of the best coaches in the league help me Mm -hmm. understand how russell westbrook what role he could be in to elevate this team to a finals caliber team
3: yeah i don't have an answer wow i he doesn't fit i mean There's an argument to be made. He makes them play faster because those guys play slow. So he gets them into stuff faster. And early in games, I think he sets a good tone for him so far. And he's had moments. First quarters for him have been pretty good. He had eight assists, I think, in the first half of the game yesterday. There are times where it's Russ is doing okay stuff for them. But then at the end of games, you've got him out there closing and – the Timberwolves were able to go into full ball denial on Paul George and Kawhi. And neither one of those guys are fighting hard for the ball. Period. They're just not. Ty Lu's out there on national television begging his begging his team to play hard. Just to play hard. Not play. He kept saying they're playing harder than us. We need to play hard. Not we need to play harder than them because he knew that team, this is not the team to ask to play harder. Just play hard. Period. Just hard for once. So I, I don't know what he can do. Maybe he can get him to play hard because I, if there's one thing you say about Russ is Russ goes hard. But Russ going hard usually equals bad stuff. So I don't know. Like his role is, I, I'm not sure. Is he supposed to fire these guys up? Isn't that Ty Lue's job?
2: Is it? Is it like as soon as you touch the ball on the wing, Russ just attacked the paint? Like just go to the basket? Is that? Is that well, like- Well, he
3: brings the ball up too much. So mm-hmm. this is the thing. I think, you know- you, it's hard to play him with a center, yep, because of the spacing issues that, yes. that you're going to run similar to like Ant
2: Edwards to a degree,
3: right? Well, no, it's different though because Ant can shoot the three. Yeah,
2: exactly. He can. Right. He does more obviously, yeah. but in terms of just needing Clogging space to attacks, yes,
3: right. So with Russ, it's worse because he can't take those open threes that they're going to give him, and with Ant, they're guarding him on those threes. And Ant actually has gotten really good at moving the ball, relocating, and getting catch and shoot opportunities, which has opened up a whole new you know, drive and kick game for him that again, better player right now, Russ, he's got to be, I think you bring him off the bench. Number one, what they were doing in LA actually was kind of working for him, bring him off the bench and let him just go against second units, eat up innings for you for real, instead of putting out there in these high leverage moments, maybe he can find success on the margins playing against lesser players, you know, attacking the basket off the dribble is great but he needs to not bring the ball up. He needs to be playing more of a two, three, like a wing guy than point of attack guy. But like you mentioned, they, you know, look at who they got. They got Eric Gordon. They got bones Highland. I, I their best option was already on the team. Terrence man, just play mean? him. Just play Terrence man. Um, you know, he's bigger. He's a better defender. I just don't get the, the hesitance to to play Terrence man in, in these big minutes, but I think if, if you're going to have Russ out there with with your main guys, if he's going to be in the starting lineup, Paul George needs to be the guy bringing your ball up and initiating your actions. And you need Russ to be able to just catch and drive. But they're going to hang four feet off, five feet off Russ. They're going to have a foot in the paint. They're going to be helping on the nail. But they won't shooting. be
2: collapsing. They won't be collapsing on whatever side Russ is on, though, right? I mean, because he'll just attack. So well, essentially but if opens he attacks, though –
3: but if he attacks it's one rotation and his finishing is just not where it used to be. So he's not, he's not going to threaten your defense. So you're happy to have him just touch the basketball. Again, I'm going, I go back to the play, the end of the game. Now Russ came back the next possession hits a big three. So this is the thing with Russ is like, he is indomitable. You are not going to, he is not going to beat himself. I mean, he'll beat himself on the court, but he's not going to do it. In his head, and that's valuable too. Maybe you just need that mindset out there for the Clippers. But they were the Wolves went ball denial on Kawhi and Paul George, both guys who are not going to fight excessively hard because they're not going to try hard right now. Yeah. And and you wind up with Russ being defended one on one in a matchup that he probably felt like he liked, but gets forced into a you know a fadeaway in deep in the paint or mid-paint. But it's a bad look because it's tightly defended and Russ has no legs by the fourth quarter. Yep. So, you know, teams are just going to be pumped when they see Russ out there. The Clippers are done.
2: Done. Does I that mean, mean? Number one,
3: they don't play hard. Like, I don't know how you can expect to win basketball games that matter in the NBA being too cool for school. It, there's, it, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
2: If they're done and we'll only spend like 45 seconds on this, if, because I know you have a hard out and I have so many things to ask you still. If they're done done right and they perform well below expectations, which is finals, basically Western conference finals are bust, is Lawrence Frank gone and like Bob Myers in, is that like a realistic thought?
3: I mean, they probably hope, but what's he going to do? Because like move things. Yeah. Paul George.
2: <laughs> yeah. Then,
3: then what do you do? Kawhi, Kawhi wants to play with Paul George.
2: Does he really care that much?
3: I think he does. Really? I think he does. I mean, listen, Russell Westbrook is not there by accident, right? That you think Lawrence Frank made the call on that?
2: He did not. He did yeah. not. want Yeah. So do that I, I, look,
3: if I if I were this team, I would do what what the Brooklyn Nets are trying to do. Not necessarily blow it up, but I would say, hey, look, it's not working your way, dudes that play basketball. Maybe we need to let the basketball people make decisions around here. And maybe you guys ought to try being basketball players and running offense. 2-2. And Ty Lue, and, you know, look, I, I've been a guy, I've been on the Ty Lue since he took over in Cleveland. The guy actually is a pretty good coach. Um, but you're not a good coach if your players don't play hard for you. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't even say you're not, a, you know, I'm not going to say he's a bad coach, but he's not, he's not coaching well right now because they don't play hard. Period. Yeah. They, these guys show up every single game. And it looks like they've never played basketball together. Never even met (laughs) much less played basketball. There's a bunch of strangers trying to play basketball together that speak foreign languages. I I don't, I, I I really am confused by the Clippers. Or maybe I'm not confused.
0: They they literally just, they're strangers.
3: They're strangers. There's no familiarity whatsoever. They, they're people are in and out of the lineup. The team has been completely reshuffled. I mean, Losing Reggie Jackson for this team. What are they gonna do come playoff time? That guy has hit the biggest shots for them every single playoff since he got there. Who's gonna step up and be that guy? It's not gonna be Paul George.
2: Well, we know that. Podcast P is it does he have a podcast? Yeah, podcast P. That's the name. Well, I have
3: a personal rule, man. You you know, you don't want a guy on your team that has a podcast. (laughs) If he's not an all-star, like, if he's not, like, an all-defensive player or an all-NBA guy, don't have a podcast.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone.
1: Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader.
2: It feels like you talk way less about the East than the West. I think the East is less interesting. Is that yeah. why? Yeah, it's A bit. less interesting. Yeah. Do you think Quinn Snyder has any chance of doing anything in Atlanta if they don't trade trade Trey Young?
3: Nope. Nope. The, the, I mean, I, I, I don't like to use the term coach killer, but as close as we've got to it in the league, it might be Trey, because he's clearly talented on the offensive end, but. He's not out there playing basketball with his teammates. Again, like the whole goal of a coach is to create a team. That is your job. Whether that's managing the egos, coming up with an offensive philosophy that works, coming up with rotations that work, you know, all of these things that, that we know goes into the job. But you got to get them to come together as a team. And Trey just does his thing. Trey is Trey out there, and that's it. And so until you can get through to him on that, no, you don't have a, you don't have a shot. Maybe he will though. I mean, look, Quinn Snyder's a good coach. He's got a good track record. Donovan Mitchell swears by Quinn Snyder and, you know, Trey and Donovan Mitchell are kind of tight. So maybe that helps, you know, like get some foot in the door with Trey, as far as like getting him to listen or whatever. But I I think this team would be better off. They traded Trey young. I mean, it, it just, they could probably get a bunch of good assets and they, and become a, pretty good basketball team fast i mean john collins has been on the block for some reason since they drafted him and the guy all he does is put up 20 and 10
2: and he's checked out he's checked out getting up 20 and 10
3: and well but what for good reason yeah right like if you if you're out there trying to play team basketball and you have a guy dominating the ball and not playing with his teammates i wouldn't want to play with that dude either do you Meanwhile, think- Dejounte Murray, you see these games where Trey Young's not out there. Dejounte Murray, I mean, you want to talk about sharing the sugar and doing your job and bringing other guys up. I mean, Dejounte Murray can lead that team. I don't. I mean, look, this is not like he's not best player on a championship team. But let's be honest, the Hawks are not a championship team anytime soon with Trey yeah. Young either. So yeah. I would just move on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Quinn Snyder's a good coach, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to work that one out. I don't know if anyone will. Not in Atlanta.
2: Not in Atlanta. That place is, I think that there's not enough conversation around how toxic that organization is right now. Like how uh, uh, Bill Ryder put out an article today and it was everything that I've been saying since all the Travis Schlank drama went down. I, I don't understand why more people aren't discussing, hey, alert, alert. Things are Game of Thrones down there. It's not good the way that they've structured things, the, I don't know, man, one of their
3: owners, one of their owners does commentary for the NBA. Um, uh,
2: Like, what? I, am I supposed to care
3: about this stuff? Like I, there's a point where like, I just have to stop caring because none of it makes any sense. Like an owner of an NBA team who happens to be a former player. Right. Great. But why is that guy calling games on NBA TV? Like that's bullshit. Right. Like, so we could start there, but that's a league thing. So, you know, the entire team, I, I don't know what's happening in Atlanta. They're, I mean, luckily, we don't ever have to worry about them. They don't do anything. Yeah. They're not making the finals. Pro- I, honestly, if the Atlanta Hawks ever make the finals, I'll be shocked.
2: I find the international pool of talent to be fascinating. I talked to Jerry West a little bit about this over the summer. He thinks that France, by way of North Africa, is going to be one of the big growth areas for the NBA for you, what what region do you find to be the most interesting?
3: I mean, the the Balkans are, have been incredible, right? Like they've been putting out players for, you know, 30, 40 years. Um, so I, I think I start there. You look at the skill level, especially the bigs. The Jokic's of the world come from there. Nurkic comes from there. You know, Boban came from there. The What they're doing with centers and, and, and big men as, as passers, Poku. Some of the ridiculous stuff he tries. I mean, this is this is the environment that they sort of fostered. But I agree. I mean, I think I sort of agree with Jerry West. Africa in general is being scouted so much more. You know, Basketball Without Borders has been in there, and they've been doing, you know, obviously the BAL. So we're going to get more talent out of there. Um, and the NBA is trying to circumvent all the pro clubs in Europe from going in there, right? So the French League is super athletic compared to the rest of, of, of the, the leagues in Europe. And so it, one of the reasons why I like getting more players out of the French league is I have a sense of what these guys play against other, what they look like playing against other high level athletes. Whereas the, you know, if you look into ACB, you can see, all right, these guys are better basketball players, but for sometimes when you're scouting it's tough because the basketball part comes slower than the athletic part. If that makes yeah. any sense? Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I love to see guys at all different levels, but I think the, my favorite is just what they're doing with big men in the Balkans. And I just, it's, it's just different, you know, guards, it seems like guards develop all over the place, but the bigs, they're just growing them in the Balkans right now.
2: And they play that team style of basketball hundred that again, will be a part of fostering. If you could have, which I don't think will ever happen, but if you had 30 Jokic's or mm-hmm. 15 Jokic's, 10 Jokic's, that changes the entire dynamic of a team.
3: Yeah. And how problem, they play. The one problem there is that it's below the rim, you know? Yeah. And, and that that's the biggest difference in athleticism between the European leagues or really any other league and, and the U.S. league. Um, and even NCAA is more above the rim than like Euro league. So, you know, you get in the Adriatic League down there where it's even lower level. It's so below the rim that a lot of these guys don't see top level athletes until they get to the NBA. So that's sort of the big thing is like the skill gets to a certain point. But, you know, how does it translate when you go and you play against superior athletes? A guy like Jokic, who can dominate the pace of a game, which is the most valuable single skill in basketball, whether it's Luka whether it's LeBron, Steph Curry dominates the pace by speeding you up and Jokic slows it down. So like dominating the pace, that stuff comes from the team building side that they do over there. And then coming over and, and trying to figure out how do I make my athleticism translate in the league that's above the rim. And again, few and far between are the Jokic's. Yeah. You know, there's, we're, he's a top 20 player of all time when it's all said and done. So it's a, it's a different, it's a different thing, but I, I just like what they do. Plus I know a bunch of those coaches.
2: Yeah, that helps. I, yeah. I have uh, been thinking obviously a lot about Victor Wambiyama and where he's going to go. And the fact that there's a, f- a handful of places that I can envision him going. I personally think if you were the OKC thunder, I would give up half of your first round draft picks in the next four years to get them like seven of them. If you can, if you feel mm-hmm. like he's going to be healthy. Um, that's. I don't think people will say yet. Like, I don't think any team says yes, but maybe you could get someone to, to fall into that trap. But for you, do you think that there's any team that Victor Wambayama won't transform? Nope. You think I he think would tra- transform the Houston Rockets?
3: Yes. Number one, you need a new coach there. But yeah. you have to flush... Everyone else out. I think maybe you can keep Tariq, um. Wow. But I would. Everyone else would be gone. I would start with a whole new slate. I mean, top to bottom. I would Say bring over one that. of his coaches. I well then no.
2: So no, because if where you, you go, that matters? roster intact. And I don't know. Nick he's probably
3: going to be too good.
2: Yeah,
0: I think
3: he's going to be good enough that it won't matter. Um, I'm I'm curious what he's going to do to the sport. Honestly, like I'm, I'm not worried if like, again, you, you mentioned him being healthy. We're going to throw that out. I don't, cause I try not to exist in the world where these guys aren't healthy. Like I I'm rooting for him, rooting right. for me. Cause I want to watch this guy. But what is a guy who's seven foot five with that handle with that jumper, which, you know, Hey, look, we see all the makes. He's not, he's not Kevin Durant from out there yet, but he's got the stroke for it. He's going to, I, I don't know. What he does to the sport, can he block five shots a game? Probably can he make five threes a game, maybe. Uh, is he gonna average 15 rebounds a game as a rookie? Maybe, like, I mean, just from being tall and being there, I, I he may put up numbers that cause us to um to just have to rethink numbers in, in basketball, his height is unteachable you cannot teach you know this is just like he is a freak of nature there's a scenario where he's like a mvp level you know production player right away if he's on a bad team this guy is going to touch the ball he's going to score and you know he defends i mean his defense is actually the thing that i'm most excited about because this guy he cleans up mistakes in a way that just i don't know that we've ever seen
2: So before I let you run, then in an ideal world, best for the league world, where does he go? San Antonio. That's what I think too.
3: Yep, but they have to. They have to not do their their San Antonio bullshit. No G League. I don't want him to go to the G League. I I don't want him playing fifteen minutes a night. I don't want him shut down over a hangnail. Like I'm just actually sick of this. Like this is the stuff that you know. I'll I'll let. I, I don't really talk about this on my own podcast, but. I'll let it come out here. The stuff that really pisses me off as like an NBA fan is that. Like, you're disrespecting me. Like, these guys, they have relatively short careers. Play them. Play them. And now, certainly there's a lot of injuries out there, but the Spurs do a lot of bullshit with their rookies. And I'm just tired of watching people lose on purpose. So you put Victor out there, and you're not going to lose games for very long. I think he's going to figure it out pretty fast. And he might be a guy who's – he may rewrite the game. Like we may be seeing rule changes because of this guy. Wow. I mean he's just different. It's completely different.
2: Well, thank you so much. I know you got a heart out. This was yeah. fun. We got to do this again.
3: Yeah, Jay, before,
2: follow him on Twitter. He won't, the tweets won't last long. That's uh, right. It's a conversation. It's, it's not conversation. an archive. It just disappears. I don't,
3: I don't care enough about being right and wrong to leave stuff up.
2: The opposite of me. I care so much. Dave DeFour, again, you can follow him on Twitter. Give us your handle. Uh, it's Dave DeFour NBA. NBA. Find him on that's the back to back podcast. Find him on the NBA's Daily Ding. Follow him on Instagram. I don't think you're available no. on Instagram. No. No. Uh, again, thanks again so much. What's that anyway? No, you, you put like stuff of you rock climbing on there. So that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. Do not forget to watch the feed for past episodes and interviews. Please follow us on the Heat Check as the 2022 2023 season heads towards the playoffs. Download, subscribe. Please tell all your friends, every single one of them. That includes you too, Dave. And follow us on social at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok because the Heat Check never sleeps, especially during a record breaking weekend like this past one. Thank you so much, Knucklehead. We'll see you next time.